First game back from All-Star Weekend. Devils are still without Jack Hughes, but it didn't matter. They walked away with a 5-3 victory over the 2022 Stanley Cup champions. This was an exciting win for New Jersey, and hopefully they can build off this as they're trying to claw their way back into a playoff position. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Collective team effort, especially defensively. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, Club of Play announcer, Devils Driver Fucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. First game back from All-Star Weekend, and the New Jersey Devils already have a big win under their belt. They defeated the 2022 Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, by a score of 5-3, to three, and they suppressed one of the hottest players in the NHL in Nathan McKinnon because entering this matchup McKinnon was on a 14 game point streak and I would say him Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl have been some of the hottest players in the league for the time being and the Devils were up for the task so in the first segment I will share some of my key takeaways from the game and then in the second segment I will give you guys some honorable mentions and also my three stars of the game and then to round it all off like I do with every post-game recap I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So before I share some of my main takeaways from all three periods, let's take care of some housekeeping, if you would. So Zach Parise and Miles Wood made their return to the Prudential Center. So Zach Parise, a former captain for the Devils organization, the last time he suited up in a Devils uniform was like, what, over a decade ago? And people still have hard feelings towards him because according to Ryan Novozinski of NJ.com, Anytime Parise touched the puck, he was heavily booed. And as we all know, Parise recently signed with the Avalanche. So he's trying to get accustomed and get his hockey legs back underneath them. Now, I understand the circumstance as to why Devils fans have some hard feelings towards him because he did end up signing with the Minnesota Wild, his hometown team. And I think a lot of Devils fans felt betrayed in a sense, especially since before he signed with the Wild, he ended up actually captaining a Devils team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2012. But I think, and I I know I'm setting myself up here, but I think it's time to move on from that. I think the statute of limitations has expired in that case. So I don't understand why Devils fans continue to boo Zach Parise because that was over like 10 years ago. Can we just move on from it? So I'm speaking from a media member. I just don't think it's a really good look, but that's just my two cent opinion. And like I said, I know I'm potentially feeding myself to a pack of wolves who, who will come at me and say, no, I'm wrong. I'm idiot. I'm a moron, whatever case might be perfectly prepared for it, but just wanted to share my two cent opinion on the matter. Miles Wood made his return to the Prudential Center for the first time since signing with the Avalanche over the offseason. Remember, he signed that big contract and Miles Wood has been looking pretty good in the Avalanche uniform and he's been asserting himself uh, game after game for them. So I'm happy that he's actually finding a decent role for himself with the Colorado organization. Now, Let's talk a a little bit about the broadcast. Now, I very rarely do this, but it just has to be said. So John Buchagross was the play-by-play announcer, 
And for the first period, his microphone was just overmodulated. So I have no problem when an announcer like screams or shows passion. But if you were to look back at the first couple goals, so so the first goal from Rantanen and also the second goal from Tierney, the microphone just sounds distorted anytime Butchergrass uh, was announcing the goal. So I didn't think that was a really good look for ESPN. You really got to check your microphones before you go live on air because I know producers do a mic check. I know I might be nitpicking a little bit. I know I might be that meme of old man yells at clouds, but it's just something that has to be said because uh, the broadcast is very essential, especially if you're trying to reach a new audience. Now, a lot of people don't like Gras for more reasons than one, but for this particular game, I just wanted to focus on the first period and it got better as it progressed, but I think Gras was more or less acting as a fan as opposed to a play-by-play announcer because there were times I was just like, uh, I don't think you need to say that. Like he was sort of acting like he was a fan in the stands. Anytime someone missed a shot at point blank range, he would be, it would be something like this. Oh yeah. Ooh, ooh, so close. Ooh, so close. Ooh, not quite yet. Ooh. And I, of course I'm over-exaggerating a little bit, but just uh, some food for thought. Now let's actually talk about the game because I think that's what we all want to discuss. So let's talk about the first period because it was once again, a very slow start for the devils and they let up the first goal of the game for the 35th time this season. But the fact that the Devils are able to just find themselves in a decent position in both the Metro and wild card, and yet for more times than not, they let up the first goal of the game. That is impressive, but that is not a recipe for success. Let's be honest with ourselves. So Rantanen, he got the party started. It was a simple shot and people were basically saying, oh, this is going to be a long game for New Jersey because once again, the Avalanche are a very good team. They're looking to become President's Trophies winners this year. And uh, McKinnon is in Hart Trophy discussions. So uh, basically, people were just anticipating the worst for the Devils. But then Tierney, thanks to Shimon Nemetz and also Kevin Ball, was able to tie it up rather quickly. So uh, I, I liked how the two defensemen just uh, got the puck to the net and Tierney was just in the right place at the right time, grazed it off his stick, and he tied the game. Now, that was also short-lived because uh, moments later, the Avalanche scored once again and they go up 2-1. to one. But luckily, Lindy Ruff challenged the call for goalie interference. It was the correct assessment, so it was still a tie game. And I think that's what the Devils needed to basically get their legs back underneath them because – I'd say for the first half of period one, the Devils were struggling to set up shop in their offensive end. But as the game progressed, as the the period uh, came close to an end, and they talked about this on the broadcast, you just saw that the Devils were asserting themselves more in the offensive end. They were getting more shots on Justice Onanen. And here's the thing about Onanen, and no disrespect to him, I'm just stating the fact in this case, he is an inexperienced goalie. The last time he appeared in an NHL game, you would have to go back to January 16th when they took on the Ottawa Senators. So the Devils were given somewhat of a gift. And keep in mind, this was the second game of a back-to-back for the Avalanche. So I was just like, the Devils at least got to try and maybe good things will happen. And then it kind of changed even more in the second period. So all that success that they had to close out period one, it leaked over into the second period because I think the main talking point that I have for the second period is just teamwork and there's no better way to describe it because when I look at the two goals that the devil scored thanks to Jesper Bratt and Dawson Mercer it was just great teamwork so let's talk about that odd man rush in favor of Bratt and Heischer so as we all know 
the numbers for Heischer in terms of scoring have gone down a little bit, but I think the big thing that could have uh, risen those numbers up a little bit more is like if he had a bona fide score on his line more times than not. And Jesper Bratt is definitely that guy who can help him. So uh, Bratt and Heischer go on the two-on-one odd man rush. And something else I like from Heischer is that he made the extra pass because once he passed over to Bratt, I was like, there is no way the Devils are not going to score on this possession because that was the right play. They had Ananen right where they wanted him, and Brad had a wide-open opportunity to go backdoor. So th that's the epitome of teamwork, and it was just great communication between the two All-Stars. And it's so funny that I get to say that now because, as we all know, he sure was an All-Star in 2020. Brad was an All-Star just a few days ago. So it's just nice that the, that the dynamic between Brad and he sure works really well because for Heischer, he has a bona fide score on his line. And for Brat, he has someone who's a good playmaker because Heischer's first instinct is to not score. It's to set up his teammates to find the right play. So that's what I liked from both Brat and Heischer. And then the Dawson Mercer goal, just great teamwork by not only Dawson Mercer, but also Eric Holla and Timo Meyer. So what had happened? Well, Mercer made the avalanche cough up the puck in their defensive end. And that kept the offensive possession alive for the Devils. And then you see people like Timo Meyer and Eric Holler, they're trying to bat it on in and find that opening. And this is one of the reasons why Dawson Mercer is given the nickname Merce Dog, because he was relentless out in front and he found the back of the net. So I think both those goals that the Devils scored in period two was just what teamwork was all about. And the Devils jumped off to a 3-1 lead. But in typical Devils fashion, they can never make it easy on themselves. So going into the final period of regulation, up 3-1. to one. And what's something I always talk about on the show? I always say that the 3-1 lead is the worst lead in all of sports. So the two-goal lead is the worst lead in hockey, period. But the 3-1 lead, that is the infamous lead in all of sports. Nobody wants to be the butt end of a, of a choke job of blowing a 3-1 lead. Just ask the Toronto Maple Leafs. But uh, jokes aside, going into this third period, the Devils were going to have to close out strong. And they didn't really do that because the Avalanche are actually tied for second in the entire NHL for most comeback victories in the third period. So the Devils were going to have their work cut out for them. And Bill Spaulding actually uh, put this out on, on X because he had the night off because ESPN was broadcasting it. He basically said that the Devils have a tendency to do this all year, which is they play good for the most part, but then they just have those spurts where they let up one goal and two goals in like a few seconds span. So case in point in this matchup against the Avalanche, because they allowed a fluke goal to Kale McCarr. What happened? Well, Luke Hughes had possession of the puck. He unfortunately took a big hit and then the puck is loose. Then McCarr just tucked it on in. So that was pretty much a fluke goal. I didn't really blame it on anyone, just a bad series of events. But then that goal by Sam Gerrard, just a few seconds later, I'm just like, VTech, you played a good game for the most part, but you got to make that kind of save. But in his defense, I guess there was no defense in front of him because I could see Colin Miller. He looked visibly frustrated because it seemed like there was a miscoverage on the Devils' defensive end. So it's tied 3-3, three to three, and basically here's the name of the game for the Devils. If they are in a tie scenario in at any point for the rest of the season in the third period, you got to try to take it into OT at least. Walk away with something because I would have been pissed off if the Devils lost this game in regulation because they played a good chunk of the game and it goes all for naught. So I'm just like, if you're going to play this type of game in which it's tied third period, you got to try to dig deep 
and take it in OT so that way you can walk away with something because with how tight the wild card is, with how tight the Metro is, every point at this moment on is very, very vital. So that's what I was hoping for. But John Marino, he had other plans. John Marino took it upon himself a little later in the period to give the Devils a four to three lead. And this is something we talked about Marino going into the season. His skating looked a lot better. So he was just in the right place at the right time. And it was a good centering feed from Nico Heischer and also Jesper Bratt on the secondary assist. And then Eric Halla put the game to bed officially by getting the empty netter when there was literally only like a few seconds remaining in the game. So the thing for the Devils in this matchup, it was quintessential Devils fashion. Got off to a slow start, but started to pick it up. They played a good game for the most part. They had those spurts of uh, weaknesses. But I think the big talking point that I need to discuss is Nathan McKinnon once again, because you have people like Luke Hughes and John Marino just not afraid to contest him. Because like I said at the beginning of this episode, Nathan McKinnon is one of the hottest players in the NHL right now. This man is a seven-time All-Star. He won the Calder Trophy like, what, 10 years ago? And he was on a 14-game point streak heading into this matchup. And the Devils were up for the challenge. They contested him. They smothered him. So excellent defense from Jesper Bratt and Nico Heischer. They took on the assignment. Lindy Ruff uh, talked about it post-game. And then on the defensive side of things, I saw Luke Hughes, the rookie, not afraid to get into McKinnon's grill to make him uncomfortable. Same with John Marino. So... It was just a great collective team effort from the Devils because you have to stop the hottest player on the rink, and it starts with Nathan McKinnon because once he gets going, it will be a snowball effect. So I think all four of those players, and I'm sure there's other players who contributed as well, but those are some of the players that really caught my eye. They did a phenomenal job, especially Luke Hughes, given the circumstance. Jesper Bratt, veteran player, all-star. Nico Heischer, same way, all-star. I know they're young, but they've been in the league for a while. John Marino, same way. He's been in the league for a few years. Luke Hughes, he's a rookie, and he is offensive-minded, but yet he has stepped up his game defensively, and that's what I saw in this game. So Luke Hughes, in my eyes, was the hero defensively for the Devils, and he's really stepped up his game on the defensive side of things. So scoring might go down, but I am perfectly content with Luke being a two-way player. So that boy from the University of Michigan, he is something else. He is the real deal. And whoever posted that uh, tweet saying that Luke Hughes was not that good, I, I God bless you. That's all I can say. God, God bless you. So I'm going to give some honorable mentions and also my three stars of the game momentarily. But before we continue, let me tell you guys about FanDuel because Super Bowl is almost here. So happy Super Bowl to all those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only that, but you can bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get a $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL or the Taylor Swift League, however you want to phrase that. Okay, so let's name my three stars of the game. But first, I want to give an honorable mention. Santeri Hataka. He's been one of my favorite players to watch the last few games for the Devils. Like, he's nothing like exuberant. He's not like that exciting, but... He does the simple plays in order to uh, make the Devils more successful. Now, 
his time on the ice was a little less compared to some of the other Devils defensemen, but he he's still trying to uh, get accustomed to the Devils system. But Santeri Hataka has really impressed me, and especially in the first period. Now, special teams his, does need some work because I think he did make a mistake in terms of coverage while the Devils were on the PK for one possession. But nonetheless, Hataka has actually been very solid for Devils defensively. So uh, Devils need a lot of help defensively and. I know like what Chico Resch said uh, a few episodes ago, you can't really give the guys experience no matter how much skill they have. But Santeri Hataka, I think he's uh, actually performed quite nicely. So let's name my three stars of the game. So my third star, John Marino. John Marino got the game-winning goal in period three, and that's one of the big reasons why. But also, like I said in the first segment, he just played excellent defense on Nathan McKinnon, just smothering him alongside with Luke Hughes. So I, I, I guess I have to give Luke Hughes an honorable mention as well. But the thing is, is that John Marino, this season, it's been a bit of a step backwards compared to last year. But these are the type of games that I like to see from John Marino, where he's defending well, he's skating well. This is the John Marino I saw during preseason. And I hope this is a John Marino that can help the Devils win more consistently because the Devils need a lot more experience on the defensive side of things. And whether you like it or not, with what the Devils got right now, he has some of the most experience amongst the Devils' blue line. So they really got to rely on him going forward until they get Jonas Siegethaler back, until they get Dougie Hamilton back. So I think John Marino has been very good for Devils. And the fact that he took it upon himself to get the game-winning goal, skating really fast, and then setting him up uh, himself up in the slot to get the centering feed from Nico Heischer, that was honestly one of the best uh, games I've seen from John Marino this season and what it meant. My second star, Dawson Mercer, Merce Dog. So that second goal in the second period is really what gave the Devils even more fire and momentum because, once again, he was just being relentless out in front of Onanen. And he found an opening. And this is something that Dawson Mercer has been improving as the season has gone on because early on this season, he got off to a slow start. But right now, he's really started to pick it up. Obviously, there were a lot of goals scored by the Devils in this game, but I feel like John Marino, that was the game-winning goal, and Dawson Mercer, that was just a turning point goal because I think that gave the Devils even more life because now they have the mindset like they can actually win this game. So I think Dawson Mercer's goal meant a lot for the Devils, and I just saw an extra pep in their step after he found the back of the net. Now, my first star is Vitek Vanacek. Now, I'm probably very harsh on Vitek at times. Sometimes I say that I think Devils should look elsewhere if they want more uh, goaltending production. But Vitek was very good in this game right from the opening jump because the thing is, is that Vitek, he was moving really well. He was positioning himself in the right place at the right time. And I talked about Nathan McKinnon being stymied by John Marino, Luke Hughes, Jesper Brad, Nico Heischer. But it was it was Vanacek who was the last line of defense, sometimes stopping him on those breakaways. So. I talked about it uh, a few weeks ago, which is good goalies make the big time saves. And that's what VTech Vancheck has done. Now, was it the perfect outing? No. And sometimes uh, the announcers were saying that he has poor rebound control. And that is true. But in this case, I'm just like, okay, I think the defense in front of him is not helping him all that much with clearing the puck. So I think in my in my heart to heart, VTech Vancheck deserves to be the first star of the game because that man saw 38 shots and he made 35 saves, and he looked really good in terms of his movement, and I even called in the first period. I posted on social media. I said, 
that Vitek Vancheck, knock on wood, is looking phenomenal right now. And he was the one that really solidified the victory for Devils, in my opinion. So I've been harsh on Vitek the last few weeks, and I still believe in him. He just has to show more consistency. And I get that the defense in front of him is not all that great. But this is what I'm talking about, because the, this Avalanche team, they're uh, Stanley Cup champions from 2022. They have one of the hottest players on their roster. They also have uh, Kale McCarr and a few other assets to, to name. So I think VTech was really good in this game. And at this point, Devils got to ride the hot hand. So if VTech continues to uh, show this kind of uh, production, then why not play him in the game on Thursday against Calgary? So we'll see what happens. But at the end of the day, I think uh, VTech was really strong in between the pipes for New Jersey, and I'm very proud of them. Now, we're going to compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade momentarily. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about the Sleeper app. Regardless of where the Devils are at in the standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of Locked On NHL. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. You don't just have to participate in hockey. Fans can also play daily fancy NFL, NBA, MLB, college football, all on the Sleeper app. So all you have to do is pick whether studs like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, and others will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. So to win 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Devils fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fancy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks. So you can start winning big. So use the promo code Locked On NHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right. So like I do with every post-game recap, let's compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade, and get out of here. So shots on goal differential. Devils got off to a slow start in this category, but they started to pick it up, especially towards the end of period one. 38 to 31 in favor of the Avalanche. Unfortunately, the Devils could not outshoot the Avalanche, but I think it speaks volume to how more impressive the win is. Face-off percentage, the Devils thrashed the Avalanche in this category. 62.9% for the Devils, 37.1% for the Avalanche. And uh, I told you guys that Tomas Nosek returning to the lineup, that's going to be a big help for the Devils on the face-off. So collective team uh, face-off battle for New Jersey, and they're back to winning face-offs in a dominating fashion. Power play, both teams were 0 for 3 in their respective power plays. Yep, Devils' power play numbers continue to drop. Uh, it's been a struggle their last, like, what, six or seven games? I, I can't remember the last time they scored a power play goal. I think it's been, what, like, like I said, six or seven games since they uh, scored on the man advantage. But anywho, penalty minutes, eight apiece between both respective teams. Hits. 8-7 to seven in favor of the Devils. Block shots, 20-17 to 17 in favor of the Avalanche. Giveaways, Devils led that department, 10-7. to seven. Takeaways, Devils also led that department, 8-6. to six. So if I had to give the Devils a letter grade, I'm going to give them a B plus because they did blow a 3-1 lead and they did they didn't make it easy on themselves. And once again, they have to get off to a better start because I am tired of them letting up the first goal of the game. So they've done so 35 times this season. But the fact that they're over 500 and they're able to – uh, come away with wins in, in that sort of category. Um, okay, uh, more power to you. But they really got to change th their fortunes in, in that sort of aspect. But given the circumstances, once again, Avalanche, very dominating team in the NHL, have one of the hottest players on their roster. Devils are still without Jack Hughes. Like I said in the prior episode, I did not anticipate for him to play. 
crawl before you walk. And with everything that's been going on, this was much needed for the Devils. This was a confidence booster. And I said it in a prior episode. I hope that the Devils uh, roster, I hope they're getting the much needed help they need to get through this troubling time because uh, I'm sure it, it's not easy on anyone in their locker room because at the end of the day, athletes are human. So it was a great collective team win. I'm proud of the Devils. They won in regulation. They walked away with the two points, and that's crucial for them. So let's see how they can uh, carry that over into the matchup on Thursday against the Calgary Flames, who recently made a big trade themselves. They traded away Elias Lindholm to the Vancouver Canucks, who are uh, buyers at this point. They're trying to go all in and get that uh, Stanley Cup, and Quinn Hughes is actually doing pretty well, but they got Andre Kuzmenko onto their roster. So curious to see how uh, the Flames will fare against the Devils, and I'm excited to see uh, Yegor Sharangovich once again. So as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you, so continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.